Good afternoon, everybody. You are listening to the Finding Strong Podcast. I am your host, Michael Benvenuto, joined by my friend, my coach, my co-host, Mark Bottenhorn. How you doing, Mark? Hey, Michael. I'm happy to be here. Everybody, what's going on? Man, I am stoked to be here for another... We're, this is a double day. This is a double. We're doing a double today. <laughs> we're, recorded... we're taking advantage of our availability to throw down two podcasts in one day, so... Uh, yeah, this is a banner day for the Finding Strong podcast. Usually, yeah, I mean, again, this is the same operation that recorded a total of four podcasts in 2021. Now we're doing two a day. We're crushing it. We're PRing on our podcast numbers for the day today. Oh, and uh, volume. Hey, when, when when things are going right, it sure is good. Um, but the reason why we wanted to throw it on this podcast is because you and I have both faced a bit of adversity in our training over the last few weeks. Um, and as I just said, you know, when things are going good in your training and in life and in work and at home, everything's falling into place. Uh, but we want to talk today about, you know, that mentality and how you have to dig deep when things are going wrong um, and, and training runs aren't going well and things are, are tough for you. So that's what we wanted to spend some time on today. Yeah. So I'm excited to jump into that because it's so true. When things are going great, it's really cool. But when things are going uh, tough. You still got to keep motoring and keep uh, maybe uh, adapt the right mindset to keep moving forward. So I want to jump into this, but before I do, um, as you know, like all of this is possible because of you, the listeners, and there's been so much reach recently. Uh, I think what was it, Michael? We were in 45 different countries last week, something like that. Yeah, and it was really hard to do translations into 45 different languages, but we got it done. Yeah, I can barely speak English, so <laughs> learning anything else is kind of out of the question. So thanks, <laughs> glad that uh, these other uh, these other people uh, just wanted to tune in. So that's awesome. But let me uh, get into some of these reviews really quick because uh, one of the best ways to support the podcast, as you know, is dropping us a review, uh, preferably five stars. And I have to say, we've got a good one from Heart and Soul Running. Um, she says, I'm a runner who typically doesn't listen to running related podcasts with one exception, such great content from passionate and knowledgeable athletes. Highly recommend five stars. Thank you for that one. Uh, we have veggie lover 69 here. I, I, <laughs> I love the name. Um, I, I too like vegetables. <laughs> um, a great listen. Both Michael and Mark are knowledgeable, funny, and provide great insight for athletes of all levels. So thank you for those two reviews this week. We greatly appreciate it. Michael, you want to that's jump awesome. on into? Yeah, yeah. That's I love the love the handle. <laughs> yeah, incredible. great handle. Great, great comments. Thank you, listeners. We we really do appreciate it. It means a lot to us when we get the feedback. Um, and you know, hey, Mark and I, we're we're learning this process together, and you know, we hope we're getting better at it. So uh, yeah, keep keep hitting us with the comments. But uh, yeah, so. Let's talk about some of the adversity that we hit. So for me, it happened uh, two weeks ago. I was in Tucson for work for a week, and Mark had laid down a 12-mile or a 10 to 12-mile run for me on, on Sunday. And I remember texting Mark and saying, hey, Mark, I was thinking about running up this mountain in Tucson, Mount Kimball. Do you think I could do like a, a – mountain run power hike and then run down this mountain in place of a standard 10 mile run and i think your comments were something along the lines of like yeah just don't get hurt uh <laughs> and so i attacked this mountain mount kimball in tucson arizona it was a it was almost 4500 feet over less than five miles 
to get up to the top of this guy. And most of that elevation was in like the last four miles. And it absolutely beat the crap out of me. Uh, there was no running down it because it was so steep and so technical. Um, it took me two hours to get up to the top. Uh, and you would think I'd be able to cut some time off going downhill, but it still took me like an hour and 38 minutes to go down. Um, uh, it was at the point where near the end of the run in the last mile, you know, I was getting cramps in part of my legs that I didn't know existed. It, it was just a really tough and challenging day, uh, in a, in a hard way to record a 10 mile run on a Sunday. Um, so coming out of that, you know, I was hoping, Hey, I did some different movement. I really worked out, uh, you know, the legs and the, and the glutes and the back moving uphill like that. You know, hopefully that'll springboard me into a really strong week. Hey, I'm in Tucson, a lower elevation than at, than at home. So I'd really be able to get out there and open up the lungs and, and push pace. That next day, man, I woke up, Mark. I was, I could barely walk over a curb. I mean, I, I was limping around all day at work, you know, traveling to accounts and, and, and meetings. Um, and when I went out to line up my six-mile run with pickups that you had set for me, I was like, I was hobbling through the whole thing. It was extremely painful. I mean, extremely uncomfortable. And I, I had to go into the pain cave and dig deep. Um, and I went out three miles and came back three miles. So once I got out, it was really, you know, I had to come back. So I had to just keep kind of pushing it. Um, and I sent you a text saying, man, I was a really tough one, really struggled, didn't get out of it what I wanted to. Um, you know, I'm going to bounce back the next day. And that Tuesday, there was just, it wasn't going to happen. I, I laced up the shoes. I sat in the parking lot and I texted you and said, I don't think I can run today. Is that okay? <laughs> and, yeah. And at that, at that point, you know, whenever I'm texting Mark to ask if it's okay, if I don't run, that's how, you know, I'm in a dark place because I'm really trying to figure out if the pain is worth it. Um, and, and for me, things just weren't going right. And I needed that, that guidance and reassurance that it's okay. It's okay when things aren't going well. And you said, listen, take, take the day off, take a couple days off, get yourself right, rest, and we'll come back to it and, and, and put a new plan together. Um, and for you to say that was probably pretty easy and fairly logical. But in my head, I'm racking my brain thinking that I, you know, I just blew up the start of this training cycle heading into this uh, trail half marathon I've got coming up in March. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there's a few probably learning, or I guess a few things that we can pull from this ideally that we can learn from, right? Um, number one is uh, people ask me all the time. They ask me about training for time versus mileage. This is a perfect candidate for maybe why you should train with time, right? Because when I told you 10 to 12 miles and you said it took you an hour and 40 minutes just to get down from the run, right? So I was, I was expecting you to run for an hour and 15 minutes to, to, to an hour and a half, truthfully. So I didn't set that expectation clearly because I thought you were just going to be running on the flat ground. So that obviously really bumped up the amount of time that you were training, right? Our bodies don't know miles or kilometers, however you prefer to train. They don't have any yeah. understanding of that. That's, that's how we, that's how we in this nation only pretty much miles are, are how we kind of contextualize things, but it doesn't actually make any difference to your body. Like it's all about time under tension. Aerobic capacity is about, um, the amount of time that you're putting your cardiovascular system under enough strain and then being able to recover from it. So, um, in this case, like it's not an ideal way to start out the training block that you wanted to, but you had a lot of momentum going into it. 
um, mm-hmm. and how you responded to that was really everything, right? You know, you, you're not going to gain anything from going out and once you set that level of kind of chronic fatigue, uh, there's very little you're going to benefit from by keeping to run through it. So in that position, it's probably a good time to strategically implement some a down week where we really reduce your mileage in this case, way low, way lower than 50%. Um, and that at that point, I think that's really beneficial. So I think a, a thing with athletes like you and most athletes is like, I'm telling them, Hey, dial it back, chill out. You know, you're not going to lose any fitness. And the truth is like, sometimes when you have down weeks, you're actually accumulating fitness because we have to remember that, that stress plus rest equals growth. And if you're not doing the rest component, the stress component is not doing anything for you at all. It's digging you into a further hole. So the ability to kind of for you to sit down, recover from that and accumulate that was probably the best case scenario in that situation. So you made a really smart decision by texting me and saying, hey, I'm kind of thrashed here. Yeah. So as a result, you you had to pivot a little bit in the training that we'd laid out. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like there are a wide variety of circumstances that you, me, uh, any of my athletes, any of our friends are going to face on a, on a daily basis is that, um, there's so much unknown. You're not a professional athlete, right? You can't just go for your morning run and sit back and, and kick it all day and then go back out for your second run. Like you have, you, you have a newborn child, um, mm-hmm. relatively newborn. I mean, you know, you have, uh, you have so many things going on. You have a full-time job, uh, all these things that, that require, maybe a less traditional, less traditional look. So when we talk about scaling things, right, you're talking about elite athletes, we should train like they train, but scaled to us. And in this situation, you had to scale it to you. And that made a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, again, what's a huge ad for me is that I've got a coach and a friend like you that I can lean on in these situations. Um, You know, for those of the, the listeners out there who don't work with a coach, you know, you've got to have that internal governor, and a lot of us runners aren't great at that. Um, so, you know, what are what are some good ways to, you know, identify and keep yourself in check? You know, what do you do, Mark? I mean, I know you're. Are you working with a coach right now, or you're coaching no. yourself? No, yeah, I'm, I'm coaching myself, and I'm I'm in, and I'll get into why that is not going well for me later on in this episode. <laughs> But and then I'm in the in the process of hiring a coach. Um, but the truth is simply that you need to. I think a lot of athletes who want to perform at the maybe the the highest level that they can, uh, with that kind of intrinsic drive, also comes the inability to kind of shut it off at times and and override or, or govern your body properly. So it depends on where your biases lie. But I would say, as a rough estimation, both most athletes that I work with, uh, their biases lie towards overtraining. Yeah. Um, you know, where me, maybe in some situations, I don't get the most out of myself because I think I tend to chronically undertrain, if that makes sense. <laughs> you hear, we'll, we'll get into that later. Every, every listener just did the same thing I did where they go, oh yeah, Mark doesn't train hard. Yeah. No, no. It's not that I don't train hard. It's that, it's that I don't, I don't bring the most out of myself all the time. Um, but either way, it's, I think paying attention to your body is really important, right? Um, yeah. Again, it's not so much about the two hours up to two hours a day you might spend training. It's the other 22 hours in the day that are going to have the most impact on your fitness at at the end of the cycle. Um, So being mindful of that going into it is important. I think like everybody says, yeah, we're 
we're training hard, we're training hard, we're training hard. Yeah, you're, and you're breaking yourself down, but it's, it's through recovery that you get stronger, fitter, faster, better. So paying attention to that and how you're recovering is important. Um, I, yeah. you know, try to implement down weeks every three weeks. So uh, for in general, for athletes, to be one, two, three weeks up, one week back by 30 or 25% less volume. The issue is, is that everybody's so individual, right? So this is where having a training log is really important. You're writing how you feel in your training log, what your perceived exertion was during that training. And, you know, if for me as an athlete personally, when I look back at my training log, if I see for three days, you know, I've been running at 8.15 pace, but it felt like I was out there running at 7.15 pace. Now I'm starting to notice a pattern that maybe, maybe I'm under recovering. So then I'll take a down day, I'll cross train or take the day completely off. And that's like little things like that. Um, the body whispers before it screams and by the time it screams it's too late so just trying to get in tune with yourself and the subtle cues and one way you can do that is a training log so i can't stress that enough i have so many athletes and half of them don't fill out their coaching log and like that's a tool for it's a tool for me but it's a tool for you it's a tool for them right so michael you you put a novel in your training log so i think that you are <laughs> you're well aware of what you're doing i think that's really important so yeah, i think and, that's a that's a lesson right there yeah. And again, you know, I know uh, I'm always somebody that's going to want to push and, and, you know, I'm competitive. Um, but in, in that situation, I was too much in my own head, you know, and I'm thinking I needed to take advantage of this week. This was an important week. I should be pushing. I should be trying. And so, you know, a little tip from Uncle Mike is if you're Googling, <laughs> should I run today or how do I tell if I'm too fatigued? That means you're too fatigued and you can check my Google search. I was writing that into Google uh, that Monday night when I was thinking about Tuesday, when I was sitting in the parking lot, I was Googling, you know, uh, how much impact and incline can you take before going for a run? So all of those little things, I was, I was proving to myself and showing myself that it wasn't a good idea to keep pushing myself and that I was probably going to get into a space of injury uh, and, and cause more long-term damage. And that in the grand scheme of things, you know, taking those two, three days off, uh, you know, paid dividends. And uh, like you said, I jumped right into that, that next Saturday and Sunday with two long, easy runs, you know, an 11 mile and a 12 mile and felt great coming out of it, uh, you know, and have, have had a strong week since. So, um, yeah, you know, so yeah. everybody out there, you know, there are going to be those times when things aren't going right. You know, you overtrain, you push a little bit too hard. Um, and uh, it's, it's important to have that internal governor or to have that other person in your life whether it's a coach, whether it's your wife, whether it's a buddy, to just get that reassurance that like, hey, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to take the day off. Um, and I know I personally can get caught up in, you know, run streaks and how many miles I'm going to be logging this week, uh, you know, wanting to hit a certain number. Um, but understanding that that's all pretty arbitrary to the process and that you've, you've got to trust, you know, that the signals, like you said, when the, when the body starts to whisper, You've got to listen uh, before it starts screaming. So, um, yeah. good feedback there. I think the ability to pivot is so important, right? For for in in all aspects of your life. Um, if you have a CEO, for example, I'm looking at a book right now on my bookshelf as we're talking about this podcast. The CEO next door, so I'll just use that as an example. If you have a CEO that's really rigid, right, of a company, and he's not able to like change things on the fly and isn't malleable at all, then it's not going to be an effective CEO to have, right? If you can't pivot in the face of adversity, then then what can you do? Uh, so in that situation, like you miss two training days, right? But is two training missing two training days, um, 
and then feeling recovered versus chronically accumulating fatigue and then eventually getting injured because you're probably getting somewhere close to tiptoeing that point right where you could end up with a small overuse injury you might miss a three days you might have to miss a week but you might miss four to six and is it worth it when you look back on oh, i didn't train or i didn't i didn't run for 48 hours maybe you cross trained maybe you just recovered it, it actually means nothing right in the grand scheme yeah. of it but we do get so caught up on those very small things so being able to pivot and be confident in your decisions to do so is such an important process of training that nobody talks about yeah absolutely absolutely and and so, you know with, so that was yeah go ahead no i so said well with that being said I had the same situation, right? This this yeah, last yeah, week. That's what so I was queue you up for. Oh well, we're queued up. So <laughs> last week I was supposed to race in the Outlaw Trail Marathon, and at the beginning of the Alex Buck podcast, I said I'm racing in 20 hours. I'm so stoked. Made an Instagram post that I was racing, and then uh, I said, "Well, shit, I better go register for this thing." And I logged on to go register, and the uh, registration was closed <laughs> it closed five days before that and i said ah what am i doing well you know it's okay to forgive myself and understand that like i'm coaching a lot of athletes i'm also coaching myself i'm also a father a husband a friend i'm all of these things and so i forgot to register for the race that i was really excited about no problem i sent the race director a message and he just said show up early and I was like, okay, I'm, it's pretty ominous, and like, I don't, yeah. I don't know if this is gonna work, but I'll, I'm gonna drive to Oklahoma on a whim here and show up early. And I said, okay, so let me see. The race starts at nine, right? And I was like, nope, that's the hundred mile race. It starts at nine. This race starts at seven, and it's on a different day. So it completely ruined my plans because Brittany had to teach about you know four four cycling classes, and my daycare wasn't open that day. So I entirely misplanned and then missed the race as a result. So my intent with this would have been three weeks out from my next race to have a really big effort before the before the a race my 12-hour race so this was a b race for me and it was only two weeks out so it was already less than ideal but i would have got probably four to five hours of training on my feet uh the issue is, is that there's so much elevation gain and loss in the race that i likely would have thrashed my legs and not been able to train for for a couple days afterwards um whereas the the a race that i'm doing is relatively flat it's just out and back flat kind of as much as you can run in 12 hours. So instead of getting real down about it, I was maybe down about my behaviors and habits that led me to completely forget to register for the race and misplan it. But overall, I realized it was a good thing for my training. So instead of spiraling and, and, and getting into a real negative place, I was able to bounce back relatively quickly because I said, I can turn this into an opportunity. And the opportunity was that now I had a chance to get in back-to-back -back longer efforts, more specific to the race, because it's really in the specificity portion of this training plan so i got out on some crushed gravel and was able to run actually i was on a crushed gravel track which is kind of funny to run 17 and a half miles on that but i ran for you know two hours and 12 minutes i the first run was 17 and a half miles at uh starting at like eight minute pace which is kind of where i want to lead out in this race and i ended at 6 30 pace uh got home recovered did some stuff with maya and Brittany, and then got back out for a second run of four and a half miles so put me on 22 miles for the day next day i went out and ran an hour so that put me at 30 miles so within a 48 hour period i ended up getting uh, almost i think i got 39 miles in a in, wow. a in a you know 48 hour period so i would have only ended that week i you know when i started the week and i had 30 miles when i finished i had i had six i had 20 miles and when i finished i had 60. 
So that's a 40 mile weekend. And that's obviously going to probably, now that I'm, I'm fully recovered, I feel great. I didn't thrash my legs. I didn't roll an ankle in some race that was pretty arbitrary at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. I took those things out of it and I take it as a big win because although I didn't get to, to race, the race wasn't very close to what this race was going to be like anyway. And now I got some really good, a really big weekend on my feet. That's going to be really applicable for a 12 hour race. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and Hey, even for you, right. You sent me a text on Friday, Friday night. And you were like, Oh shit, it doesn't look like I'm racing. You were pretty bummed out. You know, I got that sense from the text. Um, but for you to be able to turn it into something positive like that, I think that's the mentality that we're all striving for, right. That, you know, through adversity, you know, we create something positive and productive. Um, yeah. Well, there's going to be adversity in that 12 hour race. I'm going to oh, have absolutely. stomach problems. I'm going to have stomach problems. I'm going to get a cramp. I'm, there's going to be a lot of things that go on. And, and I think having adversity in the training cycle leading up to it, uh, assuming that the chaos is relatively controlled, like getting hit by a car is probably not ideal, but like, if it is like you can use that and parlay that into something really effective on race day. And I was disappointed when I text you and I was a little bit frustrated and I was a little embarrassed because I put it out to, I don't know, 35,000 people on social media. So it's like a little bit vulnerable to be like, Oh yeah, never mind. What, when everybody asked me about the race the next day, I had to say, Oh, never mind. What race, you know? So yeah. like, <laughs> you guys are crazy. What are you talking about? No race. Um, so, yeah. but, but, but right I after will, I said, yeah. Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, right after I sent that text. This is why we're so funny. This is this is the funniness that everybody. The funny. About we're looking. We're looking at each other too. That's the funniest part that we can't even get this. Um, so yeah, but when I sent you that text, I was I was quite disappointed. Um, but then I realized I said right in that in there, I turned that Friday. What I did a shakeout run in the morning with some with some strides because I still thought I was racing. At night, I realized I wasn't racing. So I said what can I do to make the most of this? Like I'm going to be racing at eight o'clock at night. So at eight o'clock at night, I threw on my shoes. I threw on my tights, my reflective jacket, and I got out the door, you know? So I yeah. turned, I started right there and that little shift, that first step forward out of my door created, it was a, it was a catalyst for a wave of positivity that, that really changed my outlook on the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you were, I was just going to say, cause you were getting down on yourself. You know, you were, you were being hard on yourself and your organizational tactics and things like that. I know that that, uh, you know, can have a tendency to, you know, feed into some of the anxiety that that um, that you deal with. So, you know, for to me, for you to flip that around is a huge deal. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Thank. I mean, thanks for for realizing that. Thanks for being there for me when I needed you. But I'm showing you right now that I got a new planner. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Brittany got me a new planner because, like, it, it outside of work, it's really a weak point for me and. Um, I'm getting better at it, but obviously this caused me a lot of undue stress and ultimately it turned into a good thing, but it's, I think having the experience of being able to, to have been there before in situations like this, but also the fact that like I coach 40 endurance athletes, right. And so to be able to lead by example is always important. Like just like parenting leading by example, cause they're watching everything you do is important. And the same thing with the athletes that you coach and the community that you build, you ultimately like, I would say, you know, I, I, I treated myself like an athlete, like, and if I were going to, if one of my athletes rejected me and said, Hey, I can't do this race, it's going to cause more problems then I'd say, then that's all right. We're going to pivot and get a different effort. And that's ultimately what I did. And so that to me is a, it's because I'm able to coach these athletes. So I feel lucky in that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. And you, it, it wouldn't have been a good situation for you having to drive all that way, 
starting that early in the morning. I mean, that would have been that would have been totally out of control. I mean, that, that you wouldn't have been setting yourself up for, for success. And as you said, you know, you preach that level of preparedness, and um, you know, you wouldn't. If I texted you in that moment and said, "Hey, I'm thinking about driving through the night to run a race the next morning at whatever time in the morning," you probably would have said, "Yeah, that's probably not a great idea, Mike. I wouldn't do that." <laughs> you know, you would have talked right. me out of it. Well, so, does that you get know, you closer you to your, your own goal, governor? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. It, it didn't going there in that situation didn't clo- get me closer to the goal of my A race, which is coming up in two yep. weeks. And honestly, in truth, it might have actually taken away from it. So the decision ultimately becomes pretty easy when you see it that way. And then, you know, pivoting from that, I got a, I got a text from one of my athletes today and he had a tough weekend and didn't get his training in because he had a few things going on. And he said, so should I just do, should I double up and do my long run today? And then today's run today. And I you know, absolutely not. Right. Because what are you going to gain from that? And we just talked about on the podcast with, uh, with Alex is, is that, if uh, if you mess up yesterday, that's yesterday. What can you do moving forward to make sure it happens? So we talked about being better prepared for next time for him. And then ultimately, that's all we that's all we need to do because we have a short memory and we forget about it. Because when you make miles up and you make things up like that, right, you end up getting injured. And I don't know how many times I've told you this too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, when you when you push, that's where the injuries start. Absolutely. So, I mean, ultimately, like that's a, that's another example of that. He had to pivot then, and he had to disassociate with this last weekend and realize that this is quite literally a new week. And mm-hmm. days are arbitrary, I suppose, in some ways, if you want to really dive in the philosophy of it. But at the end of the day, it's a new day, it's a new week, and it's a new opportunity for him to kind of execute on his training program and forget about where he made mistakes, learn from them and move on, but don't, don't hover on them. And that's what he did. He went out today. He actually had a, he actually had a workout today. So you can imagine doubling a workout in the long run in the same day. It's yeah. uh, sounds like a recipe for disaster, but he, um, you know, he didn't, he didn't do that. He executed the workout properly and, and he ran a really good threshold run. So that I assume, you know, is, is a big moral victory for him as well. Yeah, I mean, hey, we were just talking with uh, with Alex Buck. What did he say? Right, like tomorrow's gone, or yesterday's gone. Yesterday's yeah. gone. So you know, whatever you know, whatever didn't get accomplished yesterday, that's gone. It's over. You've got to leave it behind and just you know move forward. So um, yeah, and I, hey, I've I've been there too. I like you said that that same athlete. I've sent you that same text. Hey, I missed the run yesterday. Should I do both today? Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know where that uh, you know that's that. That gutsy go for it competitive mindset. Um, yeah, you know, that but makes I, a lot of us good at what we do. But you know, we get in our own way sometimes, and um, you know, identifying worth, that and getting better at doing it on your own is is great. But having people to hold you accountable and keep you in check is a good thing too. Yeah, it's but it's also just worth examining. Like if we look at our society and what's rewarded, right? Having a having a nicer car, you know, having having a more money in your bank account, having bedrooms in your house that you don't need, um, working in your corporate job until you until you're about to explode, right? All of those yeah. things are are rewarded in our society, mm-hmm. but they don't always yeah. make us better. No, you know, yeah, I know. It's like it's not even about having a great job anymore. It's like, what's your side hustle? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing on the side? You know, like it's right, just not but, good enough, but. No, but it's ingrained. It's ingrained in, in in our society, and we transfer that over into running. 
um, you know, and, and we transfer that over into our hobbies and what we do. But the fact is simply that there is a point of negative returns and, and doing more and more and more isn't always better. So I think we need to stay grounded in that and realize that if Kipchoge runs 140 miles a week, it doesn't mean that we run 140 miles a week and just do it slower. By that logic, we're actually spending more time on our feet throughout the week than he is. So it's about finding the appropriate distance for you and not feeling the pressure to double and triple up on things. You know, there's a time and place for double runs. There's a time and place, but they have to be strategically implemented in training programs. And so I want people to get into a really holistic sense of paying attention to their body, paying attention to their, to their, to their resting heart rate, it, paying attention to like, if you don't feel like training for four days in a row and you just can't drag yourself out, maybe you're overtraining. Maybe you need a break. Maybe you need to cross train. So like reviewing all of these things and being really in tune with them is maybe why I didn't spiral out of control when I had something go wrong. Um, mm-hmm. but it's a skill that you have to hone and develop just like anything else. And if you have a good friend or support system or coach in your life, then they can maybe help navigate you through that. But, but at the end of the day, like if you didn't bring it up to me, I wouldn't have known and you'd have been out there thrashing yourself. So you had the wherewithal at least to bring it up. And so you were listening to things in your body, you know, I mean, it's kind of hard to ignore when you can't step over a curb without pain. So, but, but you get my point. Yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's it's a tough it's it's tough. We all struggle with it. We we all struggle with it, and uh, yeah, just that awareness, that level of awareness, I think, are all good steps uh, in in growth in that category. Um, yeah, I'll say this: like my biggest weakness in the race, in any in any ultra race in the past, any trail race has been like, if I'm winning a race, my greatest strength is like is holding people off. And like, I run out like at a suicide pace and I hold on for dear life. And most times it works and sometimes it doesn't work. And sometimes people run me down or they catch me. And when they do that and I'm competing for second place or third place or fourth place, I shut off, especially, especially when you're talking about like, you know, are there two guys up running ahead of me? I have this tendency to, to shut off because I like, I can't handle that adversity. Um, you know, if you're, if you're going to run a marathon and your goal is 244 right and you and you and you come through the 20 miles on pace but that 23 miles you're 45 seconds off pace are you going to run 244 45 or are you going to completely implode and run and run 258 and say you don't care about it and so so much of life is not to sound like some kind of like uh yogi or something but so much of life is not about what happens to you but truly how you react to things and training is no different and and you can use that in the race and i think that's my biggest point so like i want to strengthen that ability to to close strong even when i'm not competing for the win because i'm not there to truthfully win i'm there to get the most out of myself and forgetting that in the moment is is what happens so it's all about for me moving forward and and this weekend was a testament to that i'm about reacting in the best way possible and finding the most of myself and digging really deep because that's where i'm weakest and now i found that and i'm gonna exploit that it's it's funny you say that. I was I don't know if you've uh, watched that nine part documentary on ESPN about Tom Brady, but I wrote this quote down uh, that he had said when he was talking about facing adversity, you know whether it was injury uh, and rehabbing back from that or you know hell being down in a game, um, but what he said is you're always in charge of how you respond, and I think I, I think that's you know exactly what you're getting at is you know whatever comes up. You know, you may not be in control of those variables, right? You, you know, those guys surging ahead of you, you know, uh, reaching adversity at a certain point in a race. But you're in charge of how you respond to that, whether you 
decide to implode or whether you rise above and, and do something uh, in order to get you to that finish line. Um, we're always yeah. in charge of how we respond. I, I really like well, that line. I think it, 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 I, it relates to what we're talking about today. I love that. And that's a, that's extreme ownership and accountability. You have nobody else to blame for your reactions, but, but yourself. Um, and so you remember when we were in upstate New York together, we were at that Airbnb. I, I was kind of injured coming into a race. That was my first ever yep. DNF in a race. I DNF yep. at North, uh, North face 50, North face, North face endurance challenge, yep, North face 50 at bear mountain in Harriman state park, New York. Yep. And, uh, we, Michael and I started crying in the car about some kind of conversation that we were sharing about our, which is about everything really. But either way, uh, a few months later, I was back and healthy again, and and I raced in one of my bucket list races, North Country 50 Mile, not to be confused with North yep. Face 50 Mile. And um, I got, I was lucky enough to get into the race. the The registration usually closes within like 90 seconds or two minutes because it fills up. And uh, I got into the race, and um, I was leading the race against somebody who did really well at Leadville. But I was having stomach problems. And, I, and at mile 14, I thought, man, am I going to have to drop out again because I can't keep anything down. My stomach's bothering me. My stomach's bothering me. And I had a decision to make right there. Like, am I going to go be a victim or am I just going to take it one mile at a time? And I took it one mile at a time. Um, and, you know, one aid station at a time. So I guess, like, you know, five, they're pretty much every 5K or more on there. And this is pretty mount, like hilly, sandy, rocky trail. And I got to mile 17 and I felt like a new person. And I went on to win the race and, and I held him off and, and, and put more distance on him in the back half of the race. And um, it's all about, I was controlling my reaction to it. It sucked to to have effectively, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, I had diarrhea for the first 17 miles of this race and it sucked so bad. And on top of that, I couldn't take any food down. I was worried about dehydration. It was starting to get hot. It was getting into the high 70s. Um, mm-hmm. So all these things were playing a factor, but I couldn't control that I was having those stomach issues. What I could control was how I reacted between aid stations. And I said, okay, if I'm going to drop, I'm going to make it one more aid station first and just see it out. And yeah. ultimately it paid off. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've had instances in this podcast I've even talked about of like where I didn't manage my reactions well and where I did. And I'm a lot better athlete coach person when I'm able to manage my reactions better. So I think that quote is so applicable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, that story you just shared, that's very similar to how my 2019 New Jersey marathon went where I was running on that torn labrum with cortisone shot up all through my hip and in my groin. And, you know, it felt good. But once I hit mile 18, the pain really started to hit. And I was allowing that pain to kind of overcome me and thinking I was dropping off pace and that my goal of, you know, running this marathon in under three hours was out the window. There was no way I was going to be able to overcome it. And it was about me looking at my watch saying like, well, shit, I'm still running pace. I haven't dropped off. I'm still moving. So it's like, let's just keep going. Just keep fucking moving. Um, and I was in charge of how I reacted. I could have, I could have easily pulled over those doubt thoughts crept in and said, you're running on a torn labrum. You've crushed it through 18. Nobody's going to hold this against you. Um, you know, but for me, it was the, the goal and what I'd worked for was more important. And the reaction for me was to keep going and keep seeing it through. Just like you said, you know, sometimes that's all you can do. Um, and sometimes that's yep. the best thing you can do because it'll get you to that finish line. It is. And it's, it's also, you know, I think we, we have to wrap this up, but I think, um, yeah. I think the, the, the truth of the whole thing is, is very simple. It's, it's exactly what you just said. There, there are going to be so many moments of adversity in your training, in your life, 
But if you keep your why as this kind of compass and, and North Star guiding you through it and you control your reactions, you're going to ultimately put yourself in the direction that you need to go. Things are going to go wrong. That's the point of life. Like, you're going to have you're going to have bad days. You're going to have tough days. But if you can keep moving forward, propelled by your why and controlling your reaction, then there's nothing that can stop you from achieving what you want to. I truthfully believe that. And I've lived oh, yeah. from experience because I've been on both sides of it. I've been a pessimistic motherfucker sometimes, man. And I love it so much more on the, this is going to be an explicit episode. I love it so much more on the other side. I love it so much more on the other side where, where I'm not a coward and, 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 a, and a victim to my emotions to where I understand my emotions, why I'm having them. And I'm controlling my reaction. You don't need to control the emotions. You're always going to feel anger. You're going to feel sad. You're going to feel all these jealous. You can feel all these things, but you, you can, you can feel those and still control the way you react. Right. And if we use that in our training, we will, we will have a less, a far less likelihood of getting injured and a, a, obviously a better outcome on race day. So that's the same thing coming back to it. So that's why this weekend for me was important for my personal growth as well as my physical growth as a runner. Oh yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, that was a nice little, uh, nice little episode about adversity. Um, yeah. we've, uh, we're going to, we're going to keep hitting you guys. Uh, thank you, Mark. And, uh, yeah. I, I mean, Hey, uh, for all the listeners out there, you know where to find us on social media. You can find me on Instagram at son of raging Joe, shout out to ultra running and, uh, ultra spire noon hydration. Um, Mark, you got anything you want to, uh, plug or hit before we sign off? No, I just want to say that I'm I'm grateful for anybody who takes the time to listen to this and grateful that we've been able to impact, you know, people and get messages from people and all this stuff on a on a on a daily basis almost and it, it means the world to us. So, um we appreciate your support. Uh I have to just give a shout out to to everybody because without without you guys there is no us as I always say. So, if you want to support our pa- our podcast, the best way to do so is to leave us a five-star review on wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Um but also we have a few show sponsors, so um, if you really want to support the show, feel free to use our code that we will have in the bio here. And uh, if you use that at checkout, that, that helps the show. So we are grateful eternally. And until next time, everybody, stay strong. <laughs>